1: It's time for Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues today with Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Ladies, Motherhood Talk Radio is here to give you a powerful platform by giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. Motherhood Talk Radio has interviews with best-selling authors, gurus of happiness, and women of interest who every single day make our world a better place for our families. Motherhood Talk Radio, powered by Motherhood Incorporated, is on the air now. Moms, this really is your show, Motherhood Talk Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Hey,
2: mamas. This is Sandra Beck, and I am the host of Motherhood Talk Radio, along with Miss Perfect Wedding, <laughs> Christy Holly. <laughs> Hello there. And Mr. IQ of Six, Rick Swanson. How did I only get six? <laughs> hey, be glad you got six at that point.
0: <laughs> I know, I should have counted my blessings. Higher five.
2: It is no. higher than five. It's Who
0: true. knows, maybe by
2: the end of the show you'll be a seven. Yeah, it's halfway well, there. seven's
0: at least lucky, so.
2: That's true, that's true. And I think what is functionally
0: retarded, like 50 or 70 or something like that. So essentially what you're saying is there's like me, mental retardation, dirt, and then I even said it wrong. I think it's a stump. Then you. (laughs) (laughs) Stump then (laughs) me, then crap. Then yeah. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Thanks. Oh well, you
2: know everybody has to bring something to the party. (laughs) Well, I had a really really busy week this week. I don't know about you guys, Christy. How was your week this week? Well,
3: it was uh, it was okay. I had a funeral last week, last Tuesday. Um,
2: did you put the fun in it?
3: I tried. <laughs> what
2: the fun in
0: funeral, right? <laughs> I
2: try my best. <laughs> I am a party waiting to happen. Well, and you're a party waiting to happen because you get the distinct pleasure of handing off your offspring for four whole days. Yes, I do. I'm very excited about this. Yes. Yeah, so, can you share with our listeners why you get to do that and how you will not be in jail by doing that? <laughs> well, we don't know quote, about that. "Quote, quote unquote." Quote, not quote, yet. We'll
3: see. <laughs> Knock on wood, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be in jail. You too. Um, no. It's, it's dads and kids weekend for LA City firefighters. So they're um, taking their everybody's all the fathers are taking their kids camping um, for the weekend and mine are leaving tomorrow after school, and they're coming home on Sunday. And you're just
2: walking around. Like, you can, you can tell Chrissy's a little bit excited. She just keeps walking around, free at last, free at last. I know. Thank God I'm free at last. She didn't care about Martin Luther King, just free at last. My kids are gone.
3: I know. Well, you know what? This is the only time I ever get, like, a break. and it's full break. A full break. And I didn't last year when they went, I still had to watch my damn dog. That's true. So, you so know, fun. it's not That's even fun. like I couldn't go anywhere, I couldn't like really do anything. You know, well oh, I cleaned the house and I you know, I studied for a test. Not fun. This time my mother in law's watching my dog who happens to be in heat. Ew! You I never know. got that big giant monstrous no, dog fit? I know. He won. He won. Uh, <laughs> gross, it's okay. so gross And it lasts for so long Anyways, no, so she's going to take care of her So
2: I am, seriously, I am free You are free I'm And you so. choose to spend your free time with me? Yes uh, I'm yes. so lucky And I'm not quite sure where we're going
0: <laughs> Well, yeah, Did you guys decide two- yet?
2: No, we're going to talk about it tonight Because I are going to in like, go like two, two days, specifics. right? You know. Well, we're kind of like the president and vice president We don't want to like divulge our plans <laughs> Because, you know, we both need to be in power here
0: Yes. A.K.A. you're not prepared.
2: And we are okay Mm -hmm. with changes. (gasps) We We are okay with changes because this week, this this show today is all about changes. And um, I've had a lot of changes this week. I've had to clean out my mom's house because she is not well and she will not be coming back to it. So... Um, that was really difficult for me, but I have to tell you the everyday superhero in Richard D. Swanson showed up and helped me haul all this crap rick. You were so great yesterday. Well, thank you. It's <laughs> like if you oh. need like some big brute man to just lift up heavy objects with an See, IQ that's of six, when, he's your that's guy. You don't need a high
0: IQ, just muscle. <laughs>
2: just muscle. Just muscle. Yeah, but that was, like, super huge and helpful. And, you know, the best thing about it, you know, I've moved. I was thinking about, like, you know, when I thought about the show today and changes, I was thinking, you know, I moved for, like, ten years, like, every two years. You know, I never stayed anywhere very long, always, like, kind of, you know, down the open road for me. And um, to move that stuff out, I realized how many moves I've made over my lifetime. And all of them have had, like, some pain-in-the-ass person helping me move. (laughs) I'm not going to name that person or people. And hmm. yesterday was the first time that I lifted with a partner three bedrooms full of furniture and couches and chairs. Nobody got hurt. Nobody scraped a knuckle. I mean, Rick, we rocked. We could go in and make like a moving company between the two of
0: us. Seriously, like the, the Pollocks with the. Uh... I always <laughs> is that what your you new are, name? I'll give you <laughs> Polish points anyway. Just brute strength. She is very strong. I don't know if you've seen her lift, Christy, but, yeah, um, she's picking up. Andy. I know both oh, of you are
3: freakishly <laughs> strong, so I don't know where I fit in here. We should <laughs> make,
2: just to make, like,
0: really, like, brutally, freakishly strong children. <laughs> Yeah, and I also officially lifted the heaviest TV I've ever lifted in my entire life. I was like, did you pack concrete into it or what? It was like, I could barely get my arms around it, and then it would like, lean to one side. You saw that, Sandra, when you tried to pick it
2: up. It was, like, it was. It was. It was like, you know, circa like, 19. What like, the hell is in it? It's the 1995 prior to flat screen, you know, with uh, the tube. This is my dad's teeth. Like a big motor in there?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like lifting it an engine like, block. It's like really. No. <laughs> I could be like, get your know. dad
2: a new TV. Well, I didn't know how heavy it was. I was just, because, you know, he, when he ordered it, you know, um, he he got it. And I know somebody delivered it, so we had no idea how heavy it was. And, you know, and I said, Rick, wow, that's a big TV. And you think we can move it? Oh, oh yeah, we can move it. And, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's like a family of four living in the back.
0: <laughs> Seriously, that was ridiculous. I mean.
2: Yeah, that was really heavy. I mean, I thought the TV was heavier than the armoire.
0: Oh, definitely.
2: Yeah. Just, so we have the TV that's
0: heavier. Yeah. Yuck. Yeah.
2: So, and Rick, what about change for you? Have you had any changes lately in the last couple of years? Change of plans, change of things going on?
0: No. Yeah. You. I mean, you know this. I mean, big, big changes. I would say. And, and you know, when it initially happens to you, you know, you kind of get that feeling of like, I won't say the s word, but <laughs> oh, crap. What am I going to Can I say that on the radio? <laughs> yeah, you can I mean, you, can. you, you can do. Remember,
3: I, I can't. Stand. Yeah, Sandra always says it. I do. Okay. I know. No, no, no. No. No, you
2: say the S word. Oh, shit.
0: Oh, shit. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay.
2: Carrie. You're supposed to be beeping this out. Okay, sorry. <laughs> you you like go ahead. We're in all this seriousness. Is a family. family. She's like, you really want to hear the story, or should we just, we can just swing? No,
0: please, please
2: share with us your story,
3: dear. And I want to know what big changes you're talking about because you said, oh, you know, but I don't know. No,
0: you don't know Christy. Well, I, I well I, know. I thought we were friends. Wow. Okay. Well,
3: I want to know what big changes you were talking
0: well, about you know, specifically. Like, um, you know, when I when I got out of I was I missed my like you know I missed my college graduation because I started working with uh, the Los Angeles Police Department. I was like, you know, I had a thought for you know a couple of years in college, like, yeah, that's the big thing I'm going to do. That was my career. I had all my ducks in a row and I was ready to go and I could retire in 22 years and I'd be, you know, good to go. And then, you know, when I went through it, then I was like, you know, I don't, this is really what I don't want to do. But to go from, you know, all the benefits and making that kind of money to then making that transition, okay, now what do I do? It's kind of like, it's kind of a little bit, you know, confusing and kind of scary. And you're like, yo, oh shit, what am I going to do now? You know? So that was, I got to speak in You said bit. Your mom's (laughs) going to hear you say that. Okay, go Uh, ahead. Make sure sure she doesn't listen to this show. Nah, she's heard it before, please. So, you know, that, that was one of the, you know, bigger ones for me. You know, and it took a while, took a while to, you know, refocus. And I've, in the past, you know, a couple of years, I've done some different things. And to kind of refocused my life and not my identity, but, you know, what I'm going to do. And it is a little more challenging, at least when I have seven cops in my immediate family. Like, that's all I pretty much know growing up. Like, military and law enforcement. That's pretty much what everyone does. So what are so you going to you- do? Huh?
3: What are you going to do?
0: What is that secret. Oh. Uh-huh. I'm over. You have, see, you have to actually, like, call me or text me sometime, like friends, and ask, but, you know, you're too busy, so. <laughs> I am going to beat you when I'm done with this hour. <laughs> see, this is the kind of friendship. These are the kind you want. If you don't divulge, they beat the crap out of you.
3: Yeah, well, that's what you think support is.
2: Come on. <laughs> if you want my support, you better tell me what the heck's going on. Well, I think it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's like we've all had major, like, life changes, um, except for the one with the perfect wedding. (laughs) Right, right.
0: (laughs) Don't ask Miss Perfect.
2: (laughs) Yeah, don't ask Miss Perfect over there. Um, But, you know, yeah, we have. I mean, Rick has made a lot of changes. And, you know, I want to commend everybody out there, and I want to commend Rick because part of finding out what we want to do with our lives and and being the people that we are is finding out what we don't want to do. And I think what happens a lot of times when we're faced with changes, you know, I remember, like, I went to journalism school, and I came out of journalism school, the top journalism school in the country at the time, and I was like, I'm not working for 20000 a year. I'm not going to stand in a field of mud where pigs are having babies for a story. And I was like, they didn't prepare this for me. I thought I would get my hair done and sit on the news and go, hi, I'm here to bring the news it wasn't like that and i think you know but the value of finding out what you don't want to do is as valuable as finding out what you do want to do i mean i just think that's really valuable information because a lot of us don't have the personal strength to say you know what i don't want to do it and i will walk away from this training i will walk away from this education and what i found now coming out the other end with doing something like that is the training and things we received are never not of value but we need to find our place um, we need to find our place in the world that's true to our heart that's true to ourselves and then all those things that we have done and learned and been trained in kind of weave their way back into our lives and and help us out a lot and that's what we're going to talk about today on Motherhood Talk Radio we're going to talk about change uh, what happens when changes come into to our lives either unforeseen um, or foreseen or uh, through a divorce, through a change, through a death—all these different things happen to us in our lifetime, and how we, how we rebound, how we bounce with those, how we respond to those challenges, really make us what we are today. My name is Sandra Beck. I am the host of Motherhood Talk Radio, along with Christy Holly and Rick Swanson. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about uh, the ten steps that can help us all cope with transitions in our life.
1: Mom, here's your show, Motherhood Talk Radio. Giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. multi-ethnic church with Mark DeMoz. Thursday afternoons at 1, noon central is a show that passionately addresses the question, if the kingdom of heaven is not segregated, then why on earth is your local church? They call us Yes, increasingly, our diverse population and the diverse families it's producing is reshaping the face of the local church as people are beginning to recognize the power and beauty of walking, working, and worshiping God together with others of different backgrounds. How can your church overcome the obstacles? And why should you even try? Join a live chat with guests from around the country and the world to learn the effectiveness of churches in the 21st century beyond race and class distinction. This show has its pulse on what it will take for the church to find real reconciliation in our generation so tune in for the multi-ethnic church with mark demas thursday afternoons at one noon central here on toginet.com ladies and gentlemen it's time for you to be a rock star Get ready to rock with Rock Talk and Craig Deswald and learn how to achieve rock star status in your industry every Tuesday afternoon at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Craig Deswald is the creator of the Rock Star System for Success. Craig will share easy tips and strategies on how entrepreneurs and businesses can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from the competition. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on DruggyNet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, MotherhoodTalkRadio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holland. Hey, mamas. This is Sandra Beck, and I
2: am sitting here alone on the radio <laughs> okay. because my two co-hosts are been goofing I'm around. <laughs> you're right. Rick had his hand in his pants. Goofy. Christy was yelling at him. <laughs> I don't know
0: what was going on. <laughs> my, eyes. my eyes. Wait, wait. What did you just say? I what? said you had your
2: hand in your pants. <laughs> Which you did. That,
0: that's not even the truth. We both saw you.
2: <gasps> it was a you In order to tuck, a... tuck your shirt in, your hand went in your pants. I was tugging the draw. And you were talking about Rick hit. and Dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. In case you yeah, forgot, Mr. The IQ. <laughs> That's yeah, who, that IQ like, Would oh, yeah. <laughs> Wow. Insane. Oh, God. I know, and I just complimented him, and it just it goes so <laughs> fast. I was like, okay, this show, I'm not going to pick on Rick. Do not pick on Rick. And yeah, it comes and them. it goes. And, I uh, set myself up. You did, you did. Well, yeah, when you walk around with your hand in your pants, and we got two girls hey, in the office you are who are both mothers
0: school. and sons. So, Tying your strings in your pants and then tucking it in quickly is a lot different than this, hey, I'm walking around with my hand in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, there's two different things going on there.
2: Did <laughs> I say you were walking around with your hand in your pants, or did you, you infer I that my by in my,
0: my saying? It sounded like you said, I had my hand in my pants. Well, you did. Well, you did. Which is implying that I had it in there for a length of time. No, you were inferring not that. <laughs> I did not imply. You inferred it. Oh, get out your thesaurus
2: I, or get out your dictionary. We'll settle I this did. later. Well, to infer is
0: to deduce, and to imply is to, like, imply.
2: Okay, but I did not imply, but you most definitely had your hand in your pants because, Christina saw It's a fact. Hello? <laughs>
0: Why are you watching? (laughs) Rude.
2: You're, like, right in front of me. Big, handsome guy walking around with his hand in his pants. Close to him. (laughs) How big is this room? Yeah, I know. 13 by 18?
0: Not that big. Okay, Okay, anyway. Uh, Anyway.
2: Uh, Anyway. Silence.
0: Talk
2: about Jesus. (laughs) Let's talk about changes. Well, let's talk about, you know, Rick shared with us about choosing, after he went through the police academy, to not choose a police career. And I was talking about, you know, going to the top journalism school in the country, Medill, who's probably like, don't listen to a radio show. It's not what we <laughs> taught her at all. Um, about truth and fact-telling and the, you know, whatever, truthfulness of, I don't know. That's why, I, that's why I'm <laughs> no, not a journalist. Journal. Don't listen. Don't listen. Don't listen. <laughs> don't listen. But I did, I you know, when I when I was three-quarters of the way through my journalism program, you know, and it's it's true when I when I was like, I, I don't want to do this. It's like if I'm gonna go into a war zone I want a gun and not a microphone. You know, and I
0: I, I support just, that. I
2: mean I thought
0: you both might. Do you need um, no I'm just kidding, sorry. <clears throat> no but deals I really on the radio. Didn't.
2: Yeah. You know it, I really didn't, and it was really hard because, you know, a lot of my peers went on to CNN and, you know, went on to be very successful authors, and um, it was really difficult for me because, you know, there was this whole setup of, well, gee, you know, you work, you came from a little farming community, you went to a high-powered university, you get in this very exclusive program, and then, you know, you're three-quarters of the way through, and you're like,
0: "Eh." let me do something
2: else, let me do something else, And, and, of course, my plan at the time was not really a good plan. I had still one year left at university, and I thought, this would be so great. I'm going to take tennis. I'm going to take (laughs) art. I'm going to take all these things, and thank God for John Zymek, my um, my. Uh, my uh, college advisor, because he put me into graduate school. And he's like, no, you are not (laughs) going to waste your senior year. You're going to go to graduate school. You're going to get a graduate degree. Um, So I did have my graduate degree at 21, which I'm glad now that I have it when I look at friends of mine going back to school. And, you know, I will never regret having it, and I'll never regret studying business or journalism. But when I got out, I just was like, I don't want to do this. And it's really hard when people have expectations of you. Dead air. Dead air. <laughs> Rick. Rick. Hello. Why, why is
0: it? Why is it, Rick? What about there's Christy?
3: Because you guys so said I didn't have any gone. major changes going on in my life. So
0: oh, I'm okay here. Would I mean you can either agree way, or disagree because, with the statement? Right. right. What? You can <laughs> agree or disagree with the statement she made. That's true.
2: You could say, No, Stan, I did not go through a divorce. No, Stan, I, Rick, I did not go through a career change. But my big, overwhelming change was.
0: You
2: know, no, fill in the, I'm the blank. I'm not, gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. All right. right. Well, all right. <laughs> okay, just not. Just just not. not. Um, but uh, Rick.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: Back on topic. Um, yeah. When you you were talking about your family being like proliferated with law enforcement personnel, and when you chose to not have that career, was it difficult?
0: It was. I mean. Uh, it wasn't, like, ridiculously so, but I mean, yeah, and it's just kind of like, maybe it was more of my perception, but it just not, I don't know if saying feeling ostracized is the right term, but it just kind of like, just the looks that you get from them. and Like, well, why'd you leave, or why'd you do that, this and that? It's like, you know, it's perfect for you, you know, it's this and that, all the advantages and the pros, and it's like, yeah, I know, like, I took all that into account. I did that prior to me applying, you know, but... You know, my immediate family is pretty good. I think they were a little like upset and confused, Mm -hmm. and it seemed like it was like a whole year and a half before that kind of healed up. you know with everybody else, you know. Yeah, it does. Most of them, you know, that's all they know, and it's been good to them. And the people on the outside, you tell them, they're like, "Oh, what did you used to do?" And you tell them, "Oh, yeah, I went through LAPD Academy, blah 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 blah, and I got, I got all, you know, I got commendations, I got top shots, and you know." But uh, they're like, oh, then why'd you do it? And they just can't, they can't understand it, because I think a lot of that stems from, like, the stupid TV shows and the over-glamorization of police work in the first place. Like, CSI, I'm sorry, that may be fun, but it's nothing to do with actual police work. It's not, you don't really always catch the bad guy. You don't stop the dude from beating on the woman most of the time. You usually show up at the end of, and show up at the crime scene after somebody was stabbed. And then you're like, okay, put up the tape and write the report. You know, that's how it really works. And I had talked to one girl. She's like, oh, I'd love to be LAPD homicide. And I'm like, I was friends with the guy who was LAPD homicide. You know what you show up at? Homicides. They they have (laughs) people who got killed. You know, they're dead and their brains are oozing all over the floor. I mean, And that was somebody's spouse, friend, brother, you name it. And it's like, even with the, the movies that we watch now, You know, in the video games, they're extremely violent. You think, yeah, I can watch Blood and Gore. I like that shit. But when you actually see, like, they showed us all these videos of people being shot for real or committing suicide, it's just something different. And it's kind of hard to explain until you've seen it. Well, it's also real. Exactly. It's also real. But when you see, like, oh, that, that was that person, and then you see that connection to the other people they had in their lives, and then now it's gone, but doing that day in, day out, you know, the homicide is an extreme case. But even that, dealing with the domestic violence <clears> on a day-to-day thing, it's just like, it's super depressing, you know. And unless you're really good at detaching yourself emotionally from it, it's a very difficult job to do, I think, and really, truly care. You kind of have to have a, eh, I don't give a crap attitude when you come home at the end of the day. And I was just like, I don't think I can do that, you know.
3: Well, I but, think you get numb to it. I mean, because... You do, Yeah. My my husband is a firefighter and he sees right. all kinds. He sees the same things that the police officers see. You know, right. they go on all the traffic mm-hmm. accidents, all the fatalities, the big old train wreck that we had a few years mm-hmm. ago right. in Chatsworth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everybody says, right, "Oh, it's response. a train wreck." You know, their first response. But you know, I saw. I you know, I've always wondered, like, what does that look like in there after some crazy train accident, and I saw pictures, and it's unbelievable what you would have to, you know, put out of your mind every day. I mean, I would have nightmares, mm-hmm. you know, because I can't separate myself, but they just see it. It becomes their job. Well,
1: or they're maybe just
3: built that way. Yeah, uh, but, you know, I think they all need some counseling. Yeah. <laughs> or, I mean, I think that that's why there's, like, high high statistics that they a lot of them are
0: oh yeah drink alcohol and right, right. a lot of them no, use different methods the to cope. One, yes. like that's a really big one like and they don't you don't really hear about that on you know the nightly news or in the media in general because it's not it's not a fun a fun fact but like the suicide rate i don't in the alcohol rate um in the police department is very very high and you know they don't really put that information out there as much as they guess they should. Like, I don't know what the fire department is like, but, you know, that's what I kind of picture myself doing. It was one day, it was on a weekend, I was, in, I was just in the academy, and I was drinking alcohol and working out at, like, noon, in the afternoon on the weekend, and I'm like, what am I doing? I'm like, and then I got that picture of myself 20 years from now being bald, fat, divorced, <laughs> an alcoholic, hating life, you know, still got my mustache, but, you know. My kids hate me. I'm mad at the world, and I'm like, "Is this what I really want?" You know, it doesn't mean you're going to become that way just be- if you're a cop, but you see that a lot. And I saw it, and I was like, mm. But you
2: saw it for you. You're like, you're not trying to speak on behalf oh, no, yeah, else. Oh no, yeah, You
0: know, for my brothers or my cousins, none of that. Just me personally. You know,
2: well, and way. I think, you know, you're right in that, Rick, that, you know, you have to look at some of these things in how they relate to you. You know, it's like right. I, I did not see myself, you know, mm-hmm. standing in the Middle East with a microphone. I mean, I knew I wanted to have kids. I wanted to have dogs. I like to throw yes. parties. I like to do charity work. You know, it's like I'm not that person, and I recognized it when I went on my first fatal with the newspaper that I worked for, and, you know, it was the first fatal I'd ever seen, and I it wasn't like it was on TV, and, and I threw up on a cop, just like you, Rick. I could have thrown up on you. Um, but so oh, Yeah, I mean, you don't want the reporter. You don't want to be the reporter that throws up on the air. You know, I just had never seen anything like that. I wasn't prepared. I thought I was. I didn't, you know, and I would also, you know, cry when the uh, the interviewer person that I'm interviewing would start to cry. I would start to cry, and then I more want to give them a hug and a Kleenex than get to the truth of the story. And it just wasn't me, and it was never going to be me. And just because I had studied for four years and paid an exorbitant amount of money for that education... <laughs> Thank you, Mom and Dad. Thank you, Mom and Dad. Um, <laughs> I just I couldn't do it because I, too, would have ended up bitter and angry because the things that I wanted in my life, sometimes when we make choices, our choices help us redefine as we go to find out what we really want to do because I think all of us can tell what we don't want to do. But it's very, very hard at any point in our life to I really identify what we do want to do and that's where making choices and making decisions to not do something are as powerful as the decision to do something and I personally think it takes more personal strength to do what Rick did or to do what I did which is to walk away from something that you invested in saying this is not the right choice for me and then stand by it because I stand by I made the right decision Rick I think you stand by that you made the right decision we want to encourage everybody out there to listen to motherhood talk radio my name is I'm, Beck. I'm the host along with Christy Holly and Rick Swanson. When we come back, we will talk more about uh, the recognition of things changing.
1: Here's your show, Motherhood Talk Radio, giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. Oh! was born shortly after her fourth child a boy jerome now she's really got tons of topics to share with you this is laugh out loud funny and we're not kidding what's a loud nebraska girl who lived in little rock for many years and now is up in the northeast doing chronicling her opinions on everything the wheels aren't off yet but it's close it's the not so soccer mom with jill hickey tuesday afternoons at one eastern noon central on Toginet.com. Listen, 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 listen. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Back and Christy Holland. <laughs> Look, I hand all the way in my head. <laughs> you just said
2: that on the air. Oh, no. Yes, you did. Yes, oh. you did. That was a setup. Ah. Yes, this is Motherhood <laughs> Talk Radio. With Christy and I were just talking about a recent weight loss. and um, Well, it was about a year ago. It wasn't mine. It was mine. And I was so excited. I came in. I had my, what I call my, I mean, most women listening today will understand the fat pants. Yes. Like when you're fat or you're bloated, you have your period and you're not feeling good, you put on your fat pants, and they don't make you feel any better, but they fit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they feel better. <laughs> they do. They do feel better. Um, but I was very excited because not only did I not have my fat pants on, I had my current regular pants, yes. and I was so excited. I remember walking into Christy, and I stood up. I'm like, look, I can put my hand hey, I can Which do it was these, these ones, two? too.
0: They're totally doing it
2: right now. Yeah. God, what
0: is this? <laughs> I know. They weren't so tight anymore. And you were just yelling at me for that.
2: I know. You missed it. Yeah, but you know what? Where I put my hand in my pants was not
0: where you put your hand Why in your pants. off to the side, in my defense. It was just for visual Maybe you're crooked. (laughs) Okay.
2: Anyway. So we were talking about change, and I have to issue a very heartfelt public apology because I didn't acknowledge Christie's change. It just wasn't as apparent. Oh my God, my shirt open. Get out of there! Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, it just wasn't apparent to me the change because I think I I didn't meet the before Christie. I only know the after Christie of the change. I mean, I've seen you transition over time, but there wasn't one big chunk of like, okay, I'm leaving. LA APD to do this. I'm leaving journalism to do that. Yours right, was more right, gradual, right, right. but what I recognize is it's, it's like not as apparent, but it's still very powerful in your life. Yes, it is. Thank you. Thank you. Apology accepted? Apology, of course. Okay, good. Of course. This is going to be a really long four days <laughs> if it's not, you know. Watch this change. Watch this change. So, you want me to talk about my change? Yes, I would like you to to talk about your change. Okay. Well, I was just
3: saying that I have been a stay-at-home mom for seven years, and I recently was kind of forced into making a change, you know, in my life, very scary for me, um, because I had to go back to work. And I'm not working a, you know, working at a job like I used to. I used to work 8 to 5 at the mm-hmm. courthouse and, you know, every day, day in, day out. And now I'm doing something on my own. When I became a notary, it's my own business, so I have to go out and self-promote, and, which is scary. After being out of the workforce for so long, I feel like I lost touch with everything adult, Everyone, and my confidence, you know, used to be way, you know, sky high, and now it's, you know, it's low because I don't feel like I look good. I don't feel as smart as I used to because, you know, I've been playing with my kids, watching, you know, TV shows with them, and now I have to get back into the adult world, and it's scary, and it's a change that I was forced to make. You know, and I think as as a lot of women to, are having to make that change these days. I think so, too, as opposed to a change that you're like, I'm going to change my life. You know, I'm going to go out and tackle the world is different. Well,
2: cause, right, because you're in control. You're in control of that change. You're you're the one making that decision. What I hear in your situation is it it wasn't, it might have been your decision, you agreed to it, but it wasn't your choice. You didn't wake up one morning and go, I'm going to do this. You woke up one morning and made the decision, I have to do this. Yes. That's yes. a whole different that's a whole different animal. It is a whole different animal. I mean, because there are
3: changes that I make every day. That you know, I choose. You know, I choose to not you know, eat this box of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I choose not to eat that chocolate egg that's sitting over there. No, just you know, the exercise or the the dietary stuff or you know, uh, going places, saving money, doing all kinds of things. So we make you know, I, yeah, we make a million. We make changes. a million changes every day, but. To have to go out and and get a job and and support, help support help your support family, family
2: is, is huge for me. It is, absolutely. And it's frustrating, too, because we have to have the recognition that things do change. But when they're forced upon us or a situation changes and we have to adapt and adjust, mm-hmm. um, there is that kind of period of time where it's like there's, you have to first acknowledge the change. You have to recognize that, that this needs to happen, and you have to come to the conclusion. Like, for me, one of the big things I had to come to conclusion with this year is I was so sick of listening to myself talk about my heartache from the divorce. It's like I got sick of it, so if I'm sick of it, everybody else has to be sick of it, too. But I had to work through to get to that point. When something's foisted on you, you know, like an economic situation, you don't really have that time to go through those feelings of change and Frustration and recognize it, and then get to the point of adapting to change. Because when you change, like you're changing, Christy or Rick, like you're changing into, you know, a new career, or I'm changing into whatever's <laughs> going to happen next. Um, all those things, there's a process that goes through it, and it's frustrating when it's not your choice. It's frightening when it is your choice. I think there's the flip side to there those two. Side. Um, because to me it 's frightening to make the changes i 'm making sometimes to you I think it's more frustrating and frightening too. I think there's a it, little bit it is it
3: 's scary and there 's also things that I want to do. I would like to go back to school and find a different career for myself so that when the kids are in school and they you know they grow up i i I am going to need something in my life to to fill that
2: to void, fulfill you.
3: to fill me and to fill the void that 's coming. You know, when, because all I wanted was just to be a mom. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I just, it's scary to take, to actually take those steps to do something new, to figure out, like, am I going to succeed at this or am I going to fail? Am I going to be good at this? You know, what's going to happen? What is down the road and
2: how am I going to handle it? Right. And you will be fine and you will handle it, you know, because you will. I mean, that's the kind of girl you are. And, you know, you are. It's one step at a time, but it's like a, in years mm-hmm. past, it's like you could have chosen to have more children, but economics prohibit, you know, having more kids or choices, and, and you know, it's very difficult to figure out your place in the world. Yeah, it really is.
3: You know, when know. you think it's one place and it's not, or if somebody comes in and makes changes in their life that affects your life, that so you have to change, you know, it,
2: it's just it's hard. It's very and hard. It's very hard. And it's scary. And I think, you know, um, one of the things that when I was researching change today, I went to the University of Victoria in British Columbia because I think their stuff is really good, um, is that you have to accept that there's, like, a loss and change, you know, a loss of, like, for me it was a loss of status. You know, here I am at this high-powered university, oh, look at me, I'm going to be this big journalist, oh, guess what, <laughs> I'm not. You know, there's a loss of status, there's a loss of direction, because now I was on this career path and now I'm not. Um, there are losses associated with it. Rick, you were talking about, you know, with your family members, there had to be a little bit loss of prestige factor for you.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, um <clears throat> Especially in, I think, uh, certain professions, they do have a certain aura about them that just by default of you being that, a lot of people will give you that respect. They will look up to you, and you really don't have to earn it. You know, you don't have to do anything. You show up there in your snazzy uniform and your badge, and, you know, (laughs) you even become better looking, apparently. It's really strange. That's
3: true. That's true. I think they're drawn to that,
0: you know. They're drawn to, I think, I think it's, you know... It's that, you know, it's something that is, it can be, and is admirable. It's stable. You know, it shows someone who's like, knows what they want and knows what they're doing, you know, as opposed to like, la, la, la. But, well, yeah. and there's
2: power and status that all go along it's with the wearing the of the uniform.
0: Most, that's my Oh, yeah, opinion.
2: power with the gun, the status and the badge, all that kind of stuff.
0: Right. That's where, in the police, like, I don't know how common it is. In other parts of the country, but a term that we would always talk about is becoming badge-heavy. badge, badge heavy. It's that, that newfound status that you have by just merely putting on your Sam Brown belt and your gun and your badge that it becomes bigger than you. Because in a sense, it is because you are representing all the taxpayers and the community as a whole, and it's not just you, it's your officer, Swanson or officer so-and-so, being the representative. But at the same time, there's that, there is that danger that... It goes to your head because, you know, I can walk into this place, I get things for free. I walk in here, no one questions me because I pull my badge on and say, hey, I'm a cop. And then, and then 20, I get the it gets no, really? things, they just take your word for it. Oh, yeah, I'm a cop. They don't even look, look twice. They don't really check to make sure your ID really matches your badge. You just like, look, I'm a cop, boom. And then so with that, you know, that's a lot of power, especially you're 22 years old or in the early you know, early 20s or anybody, I guess. If you're not used to that or you don't have a good perspective on how to deal with it, it can go to your head. And I had some buddies and classmates that you saw that. I mean, one guy got fired because of it, you know. Get
2: well, and you crazy. can even see it, like, in the little our little boys, like, Christy, like, I know, you know, <laughs> Mr. Rick got the kids these little toy guns, you know, for, for just a present one day, and, you right. know, and um, my friend Beverly sent them badges, and I'll tell you, like, when they put on their little badges, I mean, they pinned them to their pajamas, <laughs> you know, with their little fake toy guns, I swear, they swaggered, you know, they were like, I'm powerful, I'm important, I mean, I think it starts that young. You know, and goes on into adulthood, you know, where we, we recognize these things of power or prestige and somebody being on TV as a journalist or being, you know, behind a badge or being on the top of a fire truck looking, I'm going to save people. You know, these are professions that we hold up as honor, you know, it's like, you know, they're honorable professions you're choosing to protect <clears> and serve, you know, defend the truth, whatever yeah. it is. I think because every, there, not a lot of people will do those jobs.
3: They won't. You know, there, well, like, you said, like you said, there's a lot of people, you know, that are built that way, like, just like you said, because I
2: wouldn't, well, I think, yeah, and we want to clarify, there's a, a difference between doing, a not doing something because you don't, that's not your choice and not because you can't. I mean, uh, you know, right, Rick so obviously the thing, went I had through the with tools. high honor. I,
0: I have the tools to do it, but, I'm, you know, I know I could be a good police officer. It just matters, like, you know, I don't I don't want to do that day in day out. It's just, you know. We but don't it, want you to do No, I, like, oh, I can't do it, and they kicked me the hell out. That We want, want you to walk
2: around to the office with your hand in your pants, so we can pick on you.
0: Yeah, I always. <laughs> have among them. other things. Don't worry.
2: Well, you know, and before we go to break, I want to say there is something about police officers and their badges, because when uh, one time I was talking to Rick, and I'm like, "Wow, do you think I could wear like?" The top of your uniform and just your badge and like some high heels and I thought you'd be like, Yeah, but you were horrified. Yeah, it's like defaming
0: the uniform. Like I do, have it's like you're defaming the uniform.
2: <laughs> like, okay, he is a man of honor because most people would be like, Wow, you want to walk around in high heels, my uniform top and the badge and the hat. You can't forget the hat. But my name is Sandra Beck. I am the host of Motherhood Talk Radio along with Christy Holly and Rick Swanson. Today we're talking about change. How do we navigate change? take action Uh, when we come back from the break we're going to talk about the worst thing that we can do in uh, in the change process which is staying stuck
1: show, Motherhood Talk Radio, giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. Coming live from Seattle, Washington, home of the biggest and best internet companies on the world wide web, it's SEO Radio, starring Brandon Nutt. Tuesday nights at 10 Central, 8 p.m. Pacific on Tokenet.com. S-E-O Radio. This pioneering internet and social media entrepreneur will share some of his most super efficient opportunities with you, small business owners, and future entrepreneurs to help you build a future like Amazon or Expedia Online. There's never been a marketing strategy that's been so effective in allowing small businesses to compete with the big boys. And Brandon now helps you learn these easy as one, two, three. S-E-O more on Brandon, check out his website, seattleorganicseo.com. S-E-O Radio. Get set for S-E-O Radio, starring Brandon Nott. Tuesday nights at 10 Central, 8 p.m. Pacific, on Toginet.com. Hey, moms, get ready for Living the Dream Mom with Nina Fry. Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Living the Dream Mom is about the true realities of motherhood, the beauty and the rewards of watching your children grow. All
2: these moms have something in common. They put their kids first. It's not about the kids all the time and the diapers and the bottles and the breastfeeding. It's about showcasing the mother in motherhood, real moms in the real world. Do you get it? Now, that's what the show's about. So every week, let's get together and we'll share these great stories with you guys. And I hope by the end of the show, you'll be saying, you know what? That is my life. Nina gets it. And I can't hardly wait to see what she brings me next week.
1: Don't miss the next Living the Dream Mom. It's real moms in the real world. Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Living the Dream Mom with Nina Fry on toginet.com welcome back to motherhood talk radio the most powerful voice in women's issues for more information check out the website motherhoodtalkradio.com now let's get back to the show with your hosts sandra Beck and christy holly
2: this is Sandra Beck, and I'm the host of Motherhood Talk Radio along with Christy Holly and Rick Swanson. Yes. Yes, we are talking about change. All of us All, have changes yes. in our lives. I want to talk about in this final segment something that happened to me, and I won't say that it's happened to anyone else, but when you're put into a change situation, I think sometimes it's good for a short term, but for long term, it's really tough to stay stuck. And I think for about a year, I stayed stuck where I was, you know, I really wasn't moving forward, I wasn't making choices that would help me have like a rich and full life, I wasn't making choices that I'd have any life, really, I was, you know, kind of hiding in my office, doing my work, maintaining the status quo, and... You know, I know that at some point we have to um, we have to accept the loss that happens when we go through change. We have to accept the uncertainty of change, the fear, the frustration, all those things that come along um, we have to have the recognition that things do change now those things take time, so we're gonna you know say you know who's whose amount of time, like, you know, two months for you, six months for me, a year for someone with an IQ of six. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh-huh. but we don't know what that time frame is. Right. Yeah, I'm sorry, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> but... But we don't know what those time frames are. And the, the hardest thing about, I think, being stuck. And being stuck, what I mean is being stuck is like not knowing what to do next, like not knowing, you know, in your case, Christy, you didn't really have a choice. You know, for me, there was choice. For Rick, there was choice. It's, it's hard to know what the next step is going to be to be. And I think sometimes we just maintain the status quo. We stay stuck. I know I did. Well, I, I know that I've stayed stuck before, too. It's it just Out of fear, I'm too afraid to take
3: that next step, you know, for fear like, what's going to happen? Am I going to be successful? Can I stay successful if I take that step? What's, you know, the fear of the unknown, just the fear of it's something new, but it could be quite wonderful, you know? Some changes end up being the best
2: thing that you ever did i mean oh absolutely you know that. i know that i mean i am happier than i have been ever in my life i have beautiful friends i have great relationships i have wonderful kids i have you and rick i mean who could ask for anything more to show up each week and you know work with you guys on this stuff i mean it's really i wouldn't like i wouldn't have a lot of this stuff if change hadn't been forced on me would i want it as painful and as humiliating the way it was done. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like now I can turn around, and the one thing that's been really great about that change, you talk about taking, like, chicken shit and making it into chicken soup, <laughs> um, is now I've been able to help other women in my situation, be a leader, show them, you know what, you can get hit by a truck in your heart and rise up the next day. And I did not do it gracefully. (laughs) I didn't do it beautifully, um, but I did it. And if I can do it, anybody else can do it too. And, And anybody who wants to sit in judgment on someone making changes in their lives, like those are the people that really get to me because they don't realize, like especially if it's a change that you have to choose to make, you know, like the, you know, you think of Rick, you know, standing up there in his uniform. He's got a whole history behind him of family, all this pressure. You have to really be solid within yourself to make that decision to say, this is not the right choice for me. And the thing is, if he had made that choice, you know, and we can extrapolate out and go, he could have gotten married. He could have had kids who would all pay the price for him not having the personal strength to make that decision to make that choice that says this is not right for me because when you make when you honor yourself to make the right choice for you you are also honoring and caring for the people around you because you can't do what you need to do as a mom you can't do what you need to do as a wife and a, you know a friend all these different roles we play if you're if you've put yourself in a situation that you can't tolerate that's true You know, so when I look at something like Rick has done or I look at something that I have done, of course, because it's me, (laughs) you know, but I look back at that and go, wow, you know, that takes a lot of strength. And I made the right decision. Rick made the right decision because if he had stayed or I had stayed in something that I didn't want to be in, even in the marriage, even though I didn't choose to break those marriage vows, you know, they were broken despite my best efforts. Should I have still continued in this marriage where I'm miserable, it's hurting the kids, and, you know, I feel like crap and I hate my ex-husband, you know, just I don't want to live that way day in and day out. That transition was difficult. But the transition, when you transition yourself out of a situation you don't want to be versus staying stuck there, that's something that I think is a super big achievement for people.
3: Yes ma'am, it sure it, I agree with you
2: 100%. Yay! 100%. So Rick, we're really proud of you too. Yes oh, sir. Thank you. Yes sir. And I will still get that badge. I'm still going to walk around with that badge with my high heels. You can on. just get a,
0: You can just get a fake one, you know. No, oh, it's not the same. <laughs> because it's not you really the can't, same like to have an actual badge if you're not you know the person it was issued to, it can't actually be a crime.
2: Uh, I don't think anybody's going to arrest me. <laughs> yeah, you're for all problems. You bad. would. <laughs> I know you would. I'd be like, but if you're bad. How are you arresting me? Yeah,
0: I don't have it anymore. Once you, whenever you're done with the police department, or when you, unless you've done like twenty some years and you retire, then they'll let you keep it. Otherwise, you have to give it back.
2: Oh, did you get to keep um. the
0: hat? Because I like to wear the hat. No, like, you can buy them, but. Oh, that's not the same. Um, (laughs) You just want to desecrate my uniform, I know.
2: No, I just want to prance around in a cop's uniform. I've done it in a military uniform. I've done it in a bikini. Why can't I prance around in an officer's uniform?
0: See, prance and uniform just don't go together, you know? All right, Christy, have you ever pranced in your husband's fireman uniform? I have
2: been in his turnout. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) ma'am. And and
3: I've not worn his badge because the uniform is not cute. I mean, it's not, no, like, a sexy, like, cute uniform. They don't have, but it does, like, rip open because they're buttons. <laughs> they're not, they're and you not know
0: this like, how? The buttonholes. What? And you know this how? It is ripped open. Well, because because I married to the guy. Oh, you're and
2: like, ha laundry. Have you ever put it on and, like, just ripped it open, like... No, but oh. maybe I will. Yes. Would you do it for me since, uh, since someone won't let me wear his uniform to rip it open? You actually have access to a uniform, so you yes. could, like, walk in to the bedroom and go, Hi, honey.
0: <laughs>
2: Come on, light my fire. <laughs> Woo! I was going to
0: put the buttons back on, though. That's my question. No, they're snaps. They're snaps. There's snaps?
3: Yeah, so you can just, like, really really snap.
0: Oh, see, that's different.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it looks like there's buttons sewn on the front, but there's also snaps. Is that because they have to get out of
2: their uniform really fast and get into their clothes? They get in, or their fire clothes, or what do we call the fire? What's it called, the fire? You called it something. Turnouts. Turnouts. Those are the yellows. Okay. But they have their uniform that they wear every day. You know, it's oh, like that's the blue, the blue uniform. Like I see when we see them in the in like <clears throat> Martin final, like buying. <laughs> they're shopping for their dinner. I know. That they pay for. That they pay for. Yeah. Um, but I think Rick, do you have anything to add about staying stuck and like moving into a different direction in your life?
0: No, I mean if I could just maybe piggyback on what you said a little bit, um, like the biggest thing, I think like Christy mentioned too, the biggest fear of not knowing exactly and that unknown it like it can be just it can be overwhelming but not doing anything at all just staying there just getting by or just surviving that's like the worst place you could possibly be at you know you have to at some point you know chalk it up to life experience I made it it's in the past it is what it is at a certain point and move on you know but it's just deciding okay now what I want to do is it really going to work out but I don't think, at least for me, not to fixate on all the what-ifs. You know, you have to make a conscious effort to find out what you do want to do and find the steps you need to take and then just go for it. You know, that's kind of how even I got into the police department, I told my parents, nah, they're not going to hire me. I got hired in three months, which is like unheard of. But I just went for it because you don't know until you do it. You know, good, bad, or ugly, you have to try, try your things and go for your dreams. Otherwise, you just sit there and do any, nothing, you'll end up being 30 40, 50, 60, you know, just the same as if you'd been, you know, working hard at something to try to accomplish what you want to do, you know? Well, that's... you always
3: wonder if you, you know, right. what would happen if you would have taken those steps. Exactly. See, Rick, I've seen a lot of change in you since I've met you.
0: Really? Yes. Other than
3: your hair? Other than your hair and your clothes, <laughs> honey, but.
0: <laughs> My black socks and shorts. Yes,
3: your black shorts like those would green you... shorts black socks. No, I mean, you've done shorts? so many things with your music. I mean, you're so talented. You've produced shows, mm-hmm. the, the radio show, lots of radio shows. Lisa's, Lisa Lisa Lisa's, in. yep. Um, you've been working on all kinds of stuff, and you've, you've been branching out doing all kinds of different things that maybe you wouldn't be doing if you were a police officer. That's for sure. Oh, you, you wouldn't be no, using like- your
0: talents. I know, just like the other day, too, I told Sandra that I'd removed another virus and some malware from my computer, and I figured out how to do it, command prompts and all this and that. If you talked to me a year ago, I would have been like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. But now I actually even like it. Like, I've, I've liked learning technology. I've liked learning what you can do with computers. And before, like, like my first email I ever got, I was like 19. I was in college. Like, I never, you know, thought I'd do anything with technology at all. You know. So Well
2: and you're good at it. And you've earned <laughs> so many nerd bros. I mean <laughs> Still
0: learning a lot. You know. Oh,
2: well, there's always a lot to learn. But I think, you know, when we when we have transitions in our life, whether they're pushed upon us by external circumstances or they're by our own hand and by our own choice there is that bit of going well if I had stayed where I was like if Rick had just stayed in the police department and I had just stayed in the you know um, stayed in the journalism field you never have to take that risk of stepping out and sticking your neck out and going, well, I may fail. And I can tell you, after running my own company for 10 years, you know, if I were going to make an autobiography, it would be called Failing Forward because Mm -hmm. you fail, I fail every single day. I mean, I fail to get contracts out. I fail to get stuff done. I fail to prove things, and the women who work with me and for me are really patient in saying, you know what, we get it. You know, do the best you can. That's all you can do. But you can't be perfect. You can't. You can't know what you don't know so you just have to try something and if it doesn't work you just Keep going, do it again, take it from me, failing forward is a good place to be in life. You make a lot of friends, you have a lot of great stories, a lot of fun things to talk about, and who knows, you might end up with your own radio show. Yeah. So, and then your friend will come grab you out of the laundry room and will grab you out of church and go, please, please, please come on the show with me, because it's fun and we can give a lot of valuable information out there. So if you're thinking of making a change, make your change, do the best you can. You know, if it works out, great. If it doesn't, great. Just keep going, move forward. My name is Sandra Beck, and I am the host of Motherhood Talk Radio, along with Christy Holly, who cannot laugh at me any harder, and Rick Swanson. We want to thank you both for sharing your personal stories with us today so that we can all grow, become more powerful, and live the life we were meant to live.
1: Thank you for being a part of Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Crontoginet.com. Join us every Tuesday as we